New card. What do you think? Get over here! That man is playing Galaga. I understood that reference. You shall not pass! So say we all. So say we all. Run with me. It's adamantium tasting time, boys. Well, maybe it's your number one. All wings report in. Welcome to your weekly interval. This is the Best Damn Nerd Show. I am your host, Mike from Alchemist, Bimbo Jimbo, and with me tonight, Imperial Commissar Jeff Budd. Howdy, cowpoke. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, Dave, uh, Jeff is rocking an excellent Micah Bell mustache tonight, Professor Chris Davis. It's time to start the music. It's time to light the lights, James. <laughs> and Chief Science Officer Star Labs, Mark Turex. The black spot! Got the black spot! <laughs> How you doing, boys? Doing great, Marco. Doing great. Uh, we are going to be getting into our, our main topic on the other side of this break, but uh, and that is going to be the Muppets. So uh, this is a Davis episode for you to shine, as I know that they are very near and dear to your heart. We've, we've talked about it before, both uh, in the original run and in our personal lives quite a bit. Uh, and you make us sound like you, you lost a bet. No, not at all. I'm very excited for this. I I got love for I got love for the Muppets too. I just know that uh, you know, despite you being a professor from the school for gifted youngsters, you're also uh, a diehard, avid uh, Muppet guy. So I'm I'm excited for you, man. Just like Thanks. you know, Mark had the DCEU episode to really you know stunt and peacock around. This is this is your time, bro. We all have something to bow down to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I want to, uh, you know, put a bow on last week's topic, which was the Transformers. Want to get, you know, just what what have what have y'all been been up to, Marco? For myself, I started a new show because you know quarantine is still hot and heavy here, uh, and I've discovered a whole new streaming service that, for some reason, I feel like no one is talking about uh and that is apple plus so apple tv has their own <laughs> streaming service which i know has been like out but no one talks about shit of any of their programming the, the and for good reason streaming services <laughs> yeah. and, and i got trapped into uh you know subscribing for a month i i had to uh, help out my in-laws with seeing that tom hanks greyhound movie which was highly recommended on the i Discord. don't know what Check that is um it's it's like a naval battleship movie. I mean, it looks cool, and Tom Hanks is, is gold all the time. Uh, but so you I signed up Tom for this Hanks free was trial. Tom Hanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I signed up for this trial, and I got I, I got conned into basically having a subscription. So I had to like make it worthwhile. And not only for like Muppet fans out there, uh, do they have all the Fraggle Rocks and a new Fraggle Rock called Rock, Fraggle Rock Rock On. Uh, but they also have this series called C, like as in Vision C with Jason Momoa, post-apocalyptic future. The entire world has gone blind. Uh, and then suddenly, like the power of sight is bestowed once again to like some some kids. And it is gnarly. You see Jason Momoa fight a bear. Is which he blind? Is great. He's blind fighting He's a bear. A kid, so, yeah. Yeah. And it, it it's epic. I mean, I, I'm getting the, the the feels of watching this show like when I was first watching Game of Thrones. 
like like that kind oh, of yeah, immersion. Jason Momoa was on the exactly. first season. <laughs> yeah. like this kind of like immersion that you get from watching some of these like fantasy futuristic sci-fi shows the way that they're building this world and and the detail of all the uh the costume and set designs and everything it is immersive it is really good and i hope i can't i can't recommend it enough man get your seven day free trial there's only eight episodes just hey. to watch see check it out blind guy fights a bear i dig it yeah <laughs> It's going to deliver on everything that the movie The Grey didn't. I, I feel I feel kind of bad for Jason Momoa because I'd never heard of this show. And, you know, I thought you don't I mean, have to I feel bad sounds, for Jason. He's doing fine. That's like, sounds good, that's like everything but... on Apple TV. It's like looking at what original movies they have in original series are on Apple TV or Apple Plus uh, as like heavy hitters in all of them. And it's just like, I've never heard of this before. I haven't heard of this at all. And there's even uh, the guy that plays Mac from It's Always Sunny has a, a show. Rob McElhenney. Where, oh, yeah, yeah Mac. Where, where yeah. He, he has a show where he's basically designing like a, like a World of Warcraft of sorts. And it's about like his design company and the antics going on there, I guess. Oh, really? that actually like, lots of, like, I, it, kind of it interested actually, to see that. That actually. one did actually look really funny. I did see a trailer for that one. And yeah. it looked very, Is it good? very funny. Mark? I don't now know. That you're locked in, now that you're locked into this uh, subscription, Dude, Mark, I need I'm, you to report back on it. I'm, I'm changing newly your title bound. to I'm Apple Plus bound. Extraordinaire. Yeah, I, I okay. caught up on my Fraggled Rocks, and I'm halfway through the first season of C. But I, I honestly, man, I, I can't I, I, I can't recommend it enough. Go check out C. Check out the trailer online at the very least. But uh, I wasn't trying to make this a plug for it. I'm just stoked. I want <laughs> someone did. to talk about it because no one's talked about it. And it's a really good show. Mark and, wants that sweet so apple frustrating. money. We're trying to make C happen, Mark. <laughs> yeah, imagine we, like we, the 100 with a higher budget. We will may, remain blind to it. Uh, Jeff, they get Bellamy. I'm all over it. <laughs> I, want, I want to talk with you, Jeff, about what we've been up to. Uh, and you, you've been up to it for a little bit longer than I have. But uh, Ghost of Tsushima Hell yeah. uh, is going down. I, I finally made the time to download it and play it a little bit. Um, thrilled with that decision uh, and also terrified by it because now all I do is I just I, th- I think about it and working out of my home. It's it's always there just like a a sheathed katana and i just i want i want to play more but i don't i don't have time to really uh devote as much as i had wished um but i'm i'm loving it so far it's a beautiful game it is a it is a really beautiful game and i I want to throw this we're going to talk more in depth about it on a future episode of the best damn nerd show Ooh, stay Um, tuned yeah that's a little it's a little (laughs) tease for you tease (laughs) fellas uh i feel a little you know slightly misled and, and look, don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying it, Ooh. but it, the comparison drops. The comparison <laughs> to Red Dead Redemption Two, oh, I think, was swirling was swirling around uh, when it first came out. And I don't, you can't blame the game for for people making those comparisons. But it's it is much more Shadow of Mordor uh, with you know in set in Japan than it is a Red Dead Redemption 2 style game which yeah not, I wonder saying... why nobody compares it to that game everybody forgot and instead compares it to that game everybody's playing uh I'm well it's they're entirely different styled games though so I I just I it's think not, the, the it's app not compares entirely different style it's it's a lot more again the the gaming system is pretty uh spot on to what Shadow of Mordor is like in terms of just uh, sw- swapping the skins of the characters and stuff like that. The play style is very similar. It's not a bad thing because I love that game and I and I loved you watching me play that game. I, I um, did too. I feel most people compare it to <laughs> Assassin's Creed, which is fair. Yeah, that's also James a fair just comparison. likes people watching. 
That's not true. Uh, <laughs> and I actually, and Jeff can actually speak to that. I tried to get him to play it more. Uh, I was, but I, I am, I, I'm really I enjoying the, ga- the, the game, though. Um, I do feel that the game, uh, as I'm still early in the storyline, they're not letting me play the game <laughs> the way I want to play the game, which is as a samurai. So the game is wrong, not you. <laughs> that, yeah, There's the a pattern here, folks. I, <laughs> I was told that this was a samurai game, so I am it playing is. as a samurai. And you are. Yeah, and I'm not doing, I refuse to do any sort of stealth or assassinate, assassination kills unless the game makes me. And they do make you at times, which is very frustrating. Uh, but but so you're I not got an to assassin, you're a samurai. I, that's what I thought, Mark. No, but the game and its story, which is a good story, and I, I didn't know this going into it. I was like, oh, you know, like, I'll just be this samurai character. But it's definitely heavily, like, they want you to become a ninja, which I get yeah, the ghost, ghost of, of Tsushima, Tsushima and everything like that. What What do you, what do you, you're sort of, as you've continued on playing it, Jeff, has been your sort of uh, thinking on terms of how it's a little bit more on a railroad track than sort of. Uh, sandbox. That seems kind of a loaded question to make me criticize Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm won't, not, I'm not, I won't play that game. Th- there's nothing wrong with a, a game on rails. There, there's, there's nothing wrong with also, railroad games. Historically, ninjas were actually samurai as well. They, they weren't peasant folk. They were rival no. ninja clans that weren't wearing their colors. So it's I, the same people. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, is I want to play sort of this upright, honor bound. Uh, character and it, you're it, you one person versus an entire Mongolian invasion. You want to just stand and fight every single one of them and hope that they come <laughs> one at a time. Yes, I, I, then I, you're going to die I, at the beach. All right, I while the rest of us <laughs> are liberating Tsushima. Let, let me ask you a question. I've you liberated a third beach? of the island. I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> How far are you into the game? I'm estimating I'm like halfway through chapter two, so I'm like halfway through the game. I feel because I think there's only three chapters. I mean the the continent or the island is broken up into three chunks, so. Chapter two, which you've just begun. I don't even know if you had a chance to play today. Um, no. There's so many quests. And I, what James was getting at is, unlike Red Dead Redemption, where you can kind of go off on all these weird tangents that have nothing to do with the main story, I feel every side quest in Tsushima still kind of pulls you back to the main story. Everything is related. Um, even when you're dealing with like bandits and stuff like that, the bandits are running amok because the entire island has been invaded by Mongolians almost all of the samurai have been wiped out. There's, there's no Jedi basically to, you know, keep everybody in, in check. And so yeah. like the entire, everything's just gone to shit. So, I mean, that's the whole reason why all of these side quests pop up and everything. And it's kind of just you, it's you and a few other people that you start collecting along the way, which I think is really awesome. You're kind of starting I like this counterpunch revolution, which is just amazing. And there's a lot of really good characters. The cinematics are great. I like the different armor choices, the sword styles, the different fighting techniques and everything i think it's really elegant and i've gotten so much better at the parry now and it is my preferred way to fight like when i actually have to stand and fight somebody but i do love the assassination and sneaking around it's so much fun going into a mongolian camp and uh i wear full white ronin attire uh, uh, attire the death headband um and then like the white uh mask or i wear like one of the the creepy masks and i'm just like this angel of death i'm the ghost of shima and there's nothing more satisfying than killing every single Mongolian. And then you just have to fight the leader. He's got no backup. It's yeah. just him by himself. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. All of your men are dead. I've been killing them <laughs> this entire time. It's so cool. 
it, it is a it is a phenomenal game, and like you said, the characters are great. It is it is beautifully rendered, uh, and the story is is really compelling. So I'm looking forward to getting more into it. And I do actually like that all the side quests tie back to what is going on in that world. In, oh yeah, in, in the story and everything like that's very well done. Uh, Davis, yeah, it's not a criticism of either game. Red Dead Redemption, no, it works better that way. They're just and different. With- ghost of tsushima it makes sense that everything is linked to that story and it makes sense that we're not playing uh, a gray or ambiguous character like with arthur morgan you know who yeah, is correct a criminal it's like correct. this is a samurai lord maybe he's doing things that kind of go against his culture and what he was brought up to believe but he's still doing the right thing at least for now i don't know if he's gonna break <laughs> yeah. down or get weird i don't <laughs> i did we'll, i did we'll just get a ki- I, I did get a kick out of one of the cutscenes where i was criticized for how i was comporting myself and how i was doing things it's like i know that's it's not <laughs> that's that's not how i've been playing the game yeah I, see i was playing, playing it that like way so it made samurai. sense james was not playing it that way and so it's like what are you talking about i only I've killed take, that guy because i had to i've taken the harder path <laughs> J- james you sound like tim playing battlestar galactica board game just I, like i'm method i'm method with my game you know i i would like to be an honorable samurai <laughs> i know what they're going for i, I just Jin thought Sakai i was in for something is not else. necessarily an honorable sam- well i mean he's honorable but it's he not is... your typical samurai. Well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. If you, uh, if you pull the Cylon card, play the Cylon. <laughs> yeah, no, you play guys, Baltar. I get it. But uh, Davis, uh, you have been dipping your toe into the Dungeons and Dragons world. I want to mm. I want to get uh, what has that been like for you? It has been I haven't probably gotten into this world since we did it on the show years ago. And we've been talking about it ever since. Uh, I know we, you and I, James, we wanted to get something go- down going in the Bay Area, but just never uh, Yeah, you transpired. left just when it I was left. getting interesting. I left. I left because our group actually started doing it up here. So, <laughs> uh, no, we just started about a month ago. Um, and it's been great. There's a group of five in our party plus the DM. So there's six of us total. And I got I to gotta hand it to our DM. He has created a complete world for us. Uh, he's not going by any book. He's not going by any any of that stuff. He's just created uh, maps, characters, um, all that kind of stuff uh, based on our region in Northern California. And he's just like kind of giving it different names, uh, but just making it more personalized. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and then everybody, everybody's character is kind of personalized around like where they're from in the area. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It, so it's, it's definitely. Tell uh, us about your character, Davis. My, my character is a mountain dwarf bard. Not something you see all the time. Not your typical dwarf. <laughs> not your typical dwarf. I love it. Usually I would play, you know, some sort of like meat shield fighter, like going in, uh, you know heavy-handed and just taking the the brunt brute force of everything but this time i just i just wanted to try something different also i knew the rest of the makeup of our of our party and it seemed like we're gonna need a little bit more of the spell support side of things so that gave me even more of a push to go in the bard direction so uh it's been it's been a lot of fun though and just you know we've still been able to get together as a group but you know we're just keeping our distance and doing that whole thing and we're getting so do bards have magic yes yes is that like a staple of theirs i thought they're like minstrels 
they they have well they have like their yeah. their musical magic that sort of goes along with it. It's a much more limited sort of spell casting ability than like say a wizard or a sorcerer has, but it's a lot more sort of support buffing, debuffing stuff like that that can really change the tide of a battle. Yeah, and so like it's cool. They're, they're very cool characters. I got a dwarven drum, and I have one on order that I'm gonna, that I'm getting that I'm gonna start bringing and playing. And sing. are you serious? Oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, that's incredible. What's your what is <laughs> That's that's, my, that's my, really cool. Our our friend in the group got a uh, ocarina for his character. <laughs> he nice. had it had it last time. So uh, yeah, D and D jam sessions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna by the time we're level ten, which we're level three right now, we should be able to get some songs together. Do Do you have a standout moment so far? Uh, you know, I will say it's just something. Our, our group is very uh, they want to inspect a lot of things, which is cool because we're, you know, we spend a lot of time in town. Lore. Yeah. And we're like asking everybody questions. We're, we're getting a li- little bit too deep sometimes, I feel like. So we get a little bit bogged down, but it's, you know, it's bringing everything up. And our DM is like, OK, we need to move past this. So <laughs> he kind of gets us in the right direction. Um, and then we kind of breeze through the fights as they come along because everybody seems more into the lore, which I love. Um, but one moment was uh, we came, we just came across this goblin village and our DM had thought that we would just kind of fight through these guys. And instead we had uh, took prisoner one of our guides that the goblins hated because he was picking them off through the forest and the outliers. And so we used him as leverage to speak to their leader and get them to be on our side to take down this hill troll that was kind of controlling how they operated in the forest. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> so we, we we got this whole village of goblins to help us out take down this hill giant, and it was it was a lot of fun. That's sick. Well, I, I look forward to get, to getting more uh, more updates from your D and D campaign. Uh, before we hit the break, I want to put a bow on the Transformers discussion from last episode. Uh, Mark, anything that you want to hit on that maybe we we ran out of time to discuss or any sort of reaction that you got? I've got a couple things, but I'll kick it over to you first. You know, I had an absolute delight talking Transformers, and uh, my my wife even checked out the episode to listen to it, and she's like, I didn't realize you actually like Transformers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never made her sit down, which if you know my wife, I can't make her sit down and watch like, transformers the cartoon she's she's a very strong woman uh, yeah and and i'm a cowardly man so uh it it was just such a delight to to get to go through that and the um and and the movie i i i want to go back and watch it now so so now uh i i think with with that conversation is i can go back and show that with my daughter and get my wife to sit in on it Um, oh that'd be great yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm actually getting really pumped for that. The one thing that I I will say, one of the reactions I got was that I didn't know y'all fucked with the Transformers like that. You know, in terms of just, <laughs> I think our passion and our love for the topic really came out, which I was I was very happy about. I look forward to discussing them again. If I if I had anything to do over again, we got so passionate and so wrapped up in some of the nostalgia conversations. I would have liked to have talked more about the War for Cybertron trilogy. But when the next chapters come out, we will definitely dedicate a lot more time to that and how that story sort of develops. And as we discussed, there's a lot of exciting things like Beast Wars that are going to be getting weaved into 
that storyline. So just wanted to do, do a quick little wrap up on our Transformers discussion. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will be getting into the Muppets, everyone. Yay! Hey, everyone. Chris Eglia here, CEO of the Tenno Media Network. I would like to say thank you for checking out one of our podcasts, but we need your help. You can support Tenno in a multitude of ways by going to our website and checking out our latest podcasts, by buying some sweet merch, joining our Discord, or getting early and exclusive access to all content via our Patreon. Your support means the world to us, and you can find everything on our website, www.10-o.gg. That's T-E-N-O.gg. Thank you again, and now, back to the show. It's me, Iron Sh- No, uh, Iron Nerd Minmaxer, Hanzo Gonzo, inviting you into Kitchen- No, 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 no. Uh, the Tenno Media Arena to see whose nerdiness will reign super- No, no, we're gonna get sued. If you- Uh, will triumph a lot, Lee. Come check out all the battles on the Tenno Media Network Patreon, or you can just skip to the parts where Steve physically breaks something for no reason. See you there. And welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. Bimbo Jumbo here with Jeff Budd, Mark Trex, and Professor Chris Davis. The Muppet. (laughs) The Muppet (laughs) expert here on the Best Damn Nerd Show, if anyone is one. Uh, So you're laying all cards out on the table. Uh, Everybody on this podcast tonight has some shape or form of affinity for the Muppets. It's it's why we're doing this. But Davis certainly is chiefly among them. However, those that are not on the episode, I did get a, a certain question that was ringing in my ears as we were preparing for this one. And it was almost verbatim from the, the other members of the show. Just simple question. Why are we doing a Muppets episode? <laughs> and so, Davis, I put it to you. Why? Why the Muppets? Well, as our listeners know, anything that you're passionate about, that you might be embarrassed to tell a date on the first couple dates, could be deemed as nerdy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I, I get where you're going there. I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't. I don't uh, see why you're ashamed if, of the Muppets. Yeah, that, that <laughs> well, was that was kind of my take. Why are we embarrassed by the Muppets? Dave? Well, I don't think we're going to talk about it on the first couple dates, though, guys. No. <laughs> What's your favorite Muppet Babies episode? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great topic conversation, though. I mean, that's how you find marriage material, but still, I don't think you lead with that. I don't think I could exactly bring up my Muppet toy collection on the first couple. Which Chris does have a really good one. And for for the people watching Chris is like the 40-year-old version. Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's weird. I got into this phase for a moment. The and... poster of Asia? <laughs> this, uh, for those watching on video, uh, it's the Palisades toy version of series. And it's like 10 series of four figures each, and I have all of them. Okay, um, so... Mint in box. I love it. Mint in box. <laughs> Pete's proud. <laughs> but I, I will say, I, like where this comes from for me... Uh, it stems very early in my childhood. Uh, I was four at Walt Disney World, 
and they had the uh, 3D Muppet Theater that just opened. And it was wild. And as a kid, you know, 3D then, it just took me to places I never thought I could as, as a kid. I, they would, uh, I remember Leland, if, if you know the character, he has all the fish boomerangs. He'd throw them at you. They'd be flying at oh, you, yeah, flying Oh, yeah, that Ninja Turtle back. toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and they just, made one of them. <laughs> they had Statler and Waldorf up in their balcony. Uh, and it was just, everything seemed so real. And that was like my first moment with the Muppets. And since then, uh, you know, the the Muppet Show was before my time, but it still was being rebroadcast at that time on certain channels. And then uh, the Muppets the Muppets Tonight came out came around when I was about ten. So, uh, but you know, my parents were always big on it. My mom always loved it, so she kind of passed that down. Um, all the guest stars that are on it just it it's so big in pop culture like the muppets are so much bigger than uh the tv shows and the movies and some of the other little gimmicks that they've done but they are celebrities as as puppets as muppets it's 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 insane that uh that they are almost treated and it's not like mickey mouse it's not the same they're treated as people almost when they go into interviews and people actually <laughs> talk to them like they're human beings. And it's just something very different about them <laughs> that isn't like any sort of other animatronics or caricatures or anything like that. They're just more so ingrained, I feel like, into our culture. You won't like this, Davis, but the comparison can be made in terms of sort of the Muppet characters being like taking on a life of their own beyond just the confines of their TV show. Even though they are fictionalized characters, they have this love that, that goes beyond, you know, the show that is very similar to like, say, a Hulk Hogan or a pro wrestling kind of <laughs> thing. They know that these aren't real characters but they have become so ingrained that yeah you're right you're right davis muppets are like pro wrestlers it's very interesting that you would make that point don't you (laughs) compare them to wrestling (laughs) i swear to god you can't take this you cannot take this from me Yeah, Kermit the Frog, very much so the Vince McMahon of, uh, of the Muppets. I guess that would be Jim Henson. Jim Henson is Vince. Yeah, yeah Jim um, Henson. Except for that he and his Hulk Hogan got along. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, you know, they go up and down. But you're right. I mean, the Muppets I could have were... stuck my hand in anyone's ass and made them a star. <laughs> But you no, you're right. The the Muppets, in terms of the why the Muppets, they really were. And in going back and looking at just all the things that they've done, uh, a phenomenon. And you know, when you think about the way that they ended up being presented with all the celebrities that they got on their shows over the years, all the spinoffs, and the fact that you know their impact is still going on today. Maybe it's not as strong. I Mark, you could probably speak to that better than I can in terms of like what if there is any sort of Muppet impact for children i mean i know they have stuff out there i don't know how sort of prevalent it is there for for the kids i i want to say like in the last decade muppets have definitely grown up quite a bit uh because you have this audience that grew up with them already and now it's like this almost third generation <laughs> with how long the muppets have been around since what uh i think kermit first showed up 
was it like late fifties uh, before actually being Kermit the frog. And by the seventies on Saturday night live uh, actually became a full fledged character. And, and at this point now, instead of it being like such a children's program, it is a family program more so. And, mm-hmm. and so you had a show like the Muppets on NBC that, that came after the, the long fame of the, uh, the Jason Siegel movie from what was it? 2011, 2012. Yep. Uh, which was very adult. I mean, it was basically the office with Muppets and, and it was super dry and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I had such a blast watching it, but I don't think I could make a kid sit down and watch Kermit in that, in that environment to be perfectly honest. And then I know what was it Muppets most wanted was just a couple years ago too. So, I mean, there's still content coming out pretty prevalently and, and Muppets have been redefined with, um, well, there's a newer Muppet babies. That's, I'm pretty sure is still on the air right now. It, it doesn't have the soul as the original. We can get into that, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Muppets are still going. I mean, how can you not like a Muppet? I mean, it's a puppet <laughs> with real soul behind it. Yeah, uh, that's how I, I always felt about these these creatures and these characters. And it's just like uh, as Davis is, was saying, you know, people have interviews with and things like that. Have you ever seen someone have like a fake interview? you know so to speak with like someone in cosplay being their character like well someone dressed up as superman yeah i'm superman like fuck off like no, the ones that's that kermit the frog right there yeah. i see this guy dressed up in black hiding behind the chair but this is kermit that's just you know <laughs> his his worker it doesn't matter yeah, and, yeah there, and I there's... Think there's something very tangible about that 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 makes this suspended belief and and you know muppets are for dreamers and i think it's something magical that, that we've all held on to. There is like a level of buy-in that those oh, yeah. characters get when, when they do these things. It, it is, you know, I think if it were other, and I've seen it, you know, I've seen uh, certain other type characters go on these shows, even, even, you know, pro wrestlers and stuff like that, maybe don't get the same buy-in from the talk show host or whatever, if they want to, if they want to stay in character or whatever, but it's like, yeah, I'm talking to Kermit the frog right now. And, and they have fun with it. And I think because they've been on for so many decades, most of the people talking to them in some way, shape or form, you know, grew up with the Muppets in their life. It's crazy how long that they've been around. And I know we're a big part of, of all of our, you know, childhood and stuff like that. Jeff, what was sort of your main experience with the Muppets as, as you were sort of growing up and, and everything? I mean, my introduction was definitely twofold growing up in like the late 80s, early 90s. It was Muppet Babies, the original series, and Sesame Street. But just to build off of what you guys said about people treating them real, um, it was Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and Kermit was one of the celebrities. (laughs) And he was sitting in the chair, and he was answering the questions. And then I'll always remember this because it just it stood out to me so vividly. After they're eliminated, they didn't leave the area. They just sat in the audience and were hanging out. Kermit is sitting in the audience. Alec Baldwin is sitting next to him, has his arm around Kermit the Frog, and is talking to him. They don't have mics on. He's just talking to the fucking Muppet. And that's when I realized what a lunatic Alec Baldwin was. Loves him some Muppets. But, Alec Baldwin's going to love this episode. Great, it was such a great visual. Kermit was, he's a peer. All right? He just is a celebrity along with the rest of them. And then hey, Kermit, he's... like, you know, just hamming it up like everybody else is like, hmm, what is the answer? And all this, and having to ask the audience. And Was it with oh, Regis? It so yeah, it was back when Regis was oh, there. It was like man. when Norm MacDonald made it all the way to 500. Yeah, I remember, I remember like that. that. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh man, I'm gonna have to uh, go back and and yeah. watch that because I can imagine Regis Philbin interacting with Kermit the Frog sounds Be- like amazing stuff. Because at the time, that's when they had that primetime show on ABC. This was like the very late '90s. Um, I, I think it was it was that Muppets Tonight. That's, or it was that's something Muppets else. Tonight. Muppets, Muppets Tonight, Tonight, which I yeah. that was the last like Muppet show I watched, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool show, especially because Kermit had kind of like graduated. Like he was he was almost like beyond the rest of the show. He was like delegating things but he was still also like one of the stars and so i always appreciated that i thought it was really cool so he wasn't like as stressed out anymore as he was like with the original muppet show he's like oh, it's <laughs> totally fine don't worry and um i forget the name of the other guy who's doing it the uh the catfish guy but he was like completely Cl- freaked out he wanted to make sure all the abc executives were happy it was hilarious <laughs> clifford yeah. i remember an episode it was like with garth brooks but he didn't want to do any music he wanted to do um he wanted to do evil Knievel stunts with Gonzo and they were worried about like him getting injured and like if there was the insurance and stuff like that, like it's stupid shit like that. I just, the Muppets are fun. They're, know? they're super fun. And yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go back and, and watch that. I recommend um, it. Yeah. That's how, yeah. that's just like, you know, but Kermit, you know, he's, he's a legit showbiz success story. You know, he's he had his ups and downs. Celebrity dude. Yeah. <laughs> Kermit the frog. That's great. Um, he has a def- star on the Walk of Fame, as he should. Yeah, he's a big as, deal. As as he absolutely should. Uh, you know, for for me, it was the Muppet Babies, and I and we'll talk talk more about that in a moment. But also, like the original Muppets movie uh, was a big deal. I remember that was that was definitely one that whenever I would go to like uh, my grandma's house, that that was a movie that we watched a lot over there. And the the great the Muppet Caper. Was was another one uh, that we were always watching. So that was definitely sort of my my earliest impressions of them was more from the films, and then you know then seeing the the show reruns and stuff like that. And uh, I think one of my early introductions to Elton John that's like burned into my memory is him playing Crocodile Rock on the on the Muppet yep. Show, and like they've got the, <laughs> the Crocodile Muppets is like this just over the top performance. And it's on the Muppets. I mean, when you you think about like the the star power that that show got and it's they're puppets dude like they're like <laughs> they're these muppets. Are a, yeah but you know what i mean they're a-list celebrities <laughs> going on and and playing this show sort of serious we we hadn't seen anything like that it's it's pretty wild uh just the level that they that they got to with that but love the muppet babies i think that that, that is sort of the uh, sweet irony for me is that my favorite thing about the Muppets is the Muppet Babies. It's animated, has nothing to do with sort of the the puppeteering of it, but it's just that universe of uh, characters. But uh, Mark, if you want to touch on more, what sort of your favorite things that got you like into the Muppets when you were coming up? So for me, with Muppets, it's the movies. Uh, essentially, though, like like the key movie for me treasure island uh muppets (laughs) treasure island i remember going and seeing it in theaters and ever since that's the quintessential uh just tim curry did a dynamite performance in there jim hawkins and gonzo and and rizzo on their adventures on the high seas uh (laughs) swashbuckling pirate it had it had it all and and it was so very good it's something that even when i worked at blockbuster that would be something on loop I would put on all the TVs <laughs> and someone would always take it and I'd have to turn it off and made me mad. Uh, well, you're a good that, salesman. Are you too good for your own good? <laughs> I know it, it always hurt me in the end, 
but <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island to this day is is like one of my top ten movies. If you wanted to ask like influential things for me, Muppets Treasure Island, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, I mean, it is almost like the definitive Christmas Carol. It rendition. is. If I'm going to watch it's, it, it's the only one. I think it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not the I Jim really Carrey like animated. It's it's not no. the oh, God, uh, no. the Kelsey Grammer. It's uh, I don't know. There's some other ones like. <laughs> there's cares. a lot yeah there it's a classic tale it's, yeah. Chris, it's one of the, yeah, all the rats like working and it's like we're cold it's like yeah we're, like, we're gonna these seas are island in the sun <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get more so in more into detail about some of the the successes of uh the muppet franchise and everything like that the the original MCU, the Muppet Cinematic Universe, but <laughs> Davis, I want to talk more about your your collection, though, and sort of because that is something that you know I've always once I found out about it. If I were your date, Davis, I would be fascinated by it. How did you get into this sort of Muppet collecting? I mean, I might be a little terrified, but and like, what? How do you sort of go about all this stuff? So I got into it, uh, gosh, uh, in high school, which is an odd time to get into this. Uh, because especially then I wasn't I wasn't like secluded or anything like that but it was just like I I enjoyed collecting things as I was a kid and at you know for a long time it was cards and um then that kind of went out of style and then I just never had anything and um I went into like a Sam Goody or something like that and I saw these and it just struck a note I don't know what was going on in my life or um why it did so much but uh you know like mark was saying muppet christmas carol was is something we watch every christmas and it was around that time and i think that's just what started it and i i saw uh one of the kermit figures and uh one i think it was statler and i was like these are great uh, they just look great they really did the characters justice um they were just made well so i was like these are cool so i bought a couple and kept on buying them <laughs> as the new series <laughs> came out and i kept on looking up when the next series was coming out and then i rushed to the store and get the new four and um the one thing i don't have of the of these series is all like the play sets so there's pigs in space there's the swedish chef kitchen um there's the backstage and there's one other one I don't have, but this is the one I do have uh, for the video and uh, viewers. This is the Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem stage that comes with Animal. How, how much was that? Is that is that your crown jewel? And like, how, what's what's the most that you've spent on one of these? Put like, this on record. Like when it came out, how much is it or how much did I spend? Again? Both. Uh, when it came out. The this playset was I think fifty nine ninety nine. Um, I spent at Comic Con. I spent two hundred. Oh, <laughs> I remember when you bought that. I was like, "This is my big purchase. This is what I'm getting. I've always wanted it." Um, so that's the crown jewel of your collection, then. Yeah, th that's definitely it. Um, Dude, open then, that bad boy up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to at some point, man. Uh, it's good. Yeah, and let I, the dog I, chew on it and do it I on the Patreon. <laughs> And I will say a lot of these figures now, some of them uh, just by themselves will go for over a hundred. So just cause they, they didn't make a ton of them, um, especially a couple of them. And so some of them are pretty rare. Now, do you go back? Are you like an eBay hunter for this stuff? No, I, I haven't, I, I look every once in a while at the sets. I don't have alerts up or anything, but 
Um, that's really all I'm missing. There's a couple other variants I'm missing, but I don't. I just want the original. You, I don't want. Don't, I don't want the variant. Got it. Yeah, good man. So, what's the variant like? Like Kermit? So <laughs> Kermit Mark, Mark's like, ooh, variants. Yeah, no, it's like so. There, I'm there's a kid of the '90s. There's, there's like oh, the original God. Kermit, and then there's Kermit in like his uh, tuxedo show been attire. So that's like one of them. Um, oh, I kind of like that actually. You should get that variant. So, <laughs> but there's a ton. There's like a ton of these variants that came out. I was like, no, I just want the original, and I don't need to go. Well, overboard. how much do you like the Muppets, Davis? Are you a fan or not? <laughs> so all of these will be up in a future house eventually, but uh, most of them. Do you are plan storage. on opening them? I am so close to opening Sattler and Waldorf because I want to build them a balcony and put it above my desk so they're judging me with everything I do. Uh, <laughs> I like that. But but there there are a couple other like uh, Christmas ornaments I've seen that have like that exact thing so i don't need to build it and i don't need to open these so i think i'm probably gonna go that route instead so overall uh what is your satisfaction level with sort of the you deciding to make the muppets your collection of choice <laughs> i i'm i mean it's unique you know i will i will say that i don't know anybody that, that has collected this stuff uh that's why i'm legitimately interested in it <laughs> <laughs> and no and i i actually really like it i mean it it does mean a lot to me because it it brings up so many childhood memories and not just childhood memories, but every year, like I mentioned, like we watch, we sit down as a family, watch Muppet Christmas Carol. And so it's just mm -hmm. like, that means a ton to me. and means a lot. Like thinking back on our time at Disney world as a kid, um, just sitting down with family really. And just laughing because my parents liked it. I liked it. It was something we could all enjoy together. Like they had, you know, there's plenty of adult jokes in all the Muppet versions um, that you can go back and, and get now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if anything, my my appreciation for the Muppets proper beyond Muppet Babies has only increased as I've gotten older. It's like, oh, that was that was for mom and dad. Yeah. When we were watching. <laughs> not, not for me. Uh, but uh, so I think that we've uh, established the why uh, the, the Muppets, you know, they were a pop culture phenomenon. They've had incredible decades long staying power. And we have a lot of love and nostalgia growing up for them. And we're going to get more into that. What we really love about the Muppets and all the many properties that they've put out on the other side, we are talking more Muppets on the best damn nerd show. Waka waka. Hey, nerd, Loremaster Tim here, and I've come with a rather indecent proposal. We want you to join in the conversation. If you aren't already a member of our Discord, what are you even doing? You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TheBDNS. And if you're crazy, odds are we'll talk about it on the show. So get kooky, and above all, let's get nerdy. It's the microphone alchemist Bimbo Jimbo here. Of course, formerly the Jedi Master. And we are so happy to be back delivering to you the nerdy content that you need to make it through your muggle work week. And we want to hear from you, Nerdosphere. So be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Zunes, or other non-name brand MP3 playing devices everywhere, or however you consume your weekly interval. Whether you agree with me that The Last Jedi was a crime against Star Wars or that you think that my hosting warrants being mauled by a bear. Leave us a five-star review, make us laugh, smile, or cry in that review, and there is a good chance that you will hear it read on a future episode of The Best Damn Nerd Show. 
So be sure to rate and review us. It's the best way that you can help the BDNS keep saying it loud and proud for years to come. Welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. Bimbo Jimbo, Jeff Bud, Professor Davis, and Mark Trix. And we are talking more Muppets. Davis, during the break, you were checking out some prices on the on maybe adding to your collection there. What can you I'm not gonna let that pass. What can oh you, come on, man. <laughs> Alright, I will say this opened plus the rest of the band what, members. D- d- assume that we're people aren't on the, the YouTube. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, listeners. Uh, Theater the of the mind. Then get on Dr. YouTube. Teeth and the electric band set with Animal, plus the other members of the band opened. This is open, mind you. Going for six hundred dollars. So how many that's figures? Pretty is good. That? <laughs> uh, that's f- four Five? other figures. Uh, four other figures plus the plus the band set. Uh, so five total. What were what you saying during the break that one's gone down to forty dollars? No, 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 no. I thought it was, but it was the new one that uh, San Diego Comic Con dropped this year. It was a oh, new okay. band set. Not as good. Oh, that was forty. Comic Con. But it was all the characters. Yeah. It was uh, the forgotten Comic-Con. <laughs> hey, I had, a, I had a blast doing Comic-Con at home with you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah there was a blast with you guys. Should have hosted re- some type of uh, Muppets panel. <laughs> <laughs> I realized there was one figure on there that when I was just looking that uh, I do want now. Um, since I was looking, it, it was Sweetums, Mark. Sweetums. <laughs> and, and, it would, and it's huge. Like, it's like Should Sweetums be. size compared to these other figures, and it's going for 120 plus. Get them. So, yeah, just for, <laughs> just for Sweetums. Sweetums is fantastic, man. You gotta ha- How do you not have Sweetums? I was, <laughs> it's going he was, for 120. He was, he was like one of the special. Like, he's the sets, biggest like Muppet. The, like, you need uh, him. He's, he's a big Muppet. <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't a regular figure. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I want to keep it on the some of the the best of the Muppets here as we're we're getting more into this topic. And I'm gonna throw out my five best Muppets list. You guys can add to it, criticize it as, hmm. as you will. Uh, for those of you that are just listening, Mark and Jeff Bud both furrowed their brow, leaned in very sternly, getting ready to tear <laughs> me to shreds here. Uh, so without, it's without... just you don't have good taste, James. Let me take notes. And we're worried I think about I got, it. <laughs> I think I got pretty good taste in Friends. So, you know... Uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe a little dicey. That's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I don't think so. But I yeah, guess uh, not this time. It reminds me and how you guys treat me with my completely arbitrary top five Muppets of all time <laughs> list with no real rubric in place. But number one has Are we to going... be. Hold what? on. Would you Wait, like me to go five go down? Five up. What okay, happened? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. You start at five. You start okay. at five. All right. See, already and off the bat. Is this influential? Is this what you like? I want to know where, where we're standing on this. I, I'm doing yeah, a combination of everything. Things. Yeah. So my justification will be certainly you'll see why I get to number one is that, you know, I think the most sort of iconic of, of the Muppets, you know, and, 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 (laughs) and also my, my personal favorite, my personal taste does come into play there. Uh. 
yeah, well, you know, sorry. Uh, so at number five, and this is a bit of a cheat, so I'll, so you guys will be upset right from the beginning here. But number five, I have Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem Band is <laughs> my is clocking in at number five. That's they're more getting, than one Muppet. I, mean, I know, but they're going set. in as a group. They're but going in as a set. Animal is on his animal own. Animal holds his that, own, though. Yeah, yeah. That that would have been Animal oh, alone would have been my list. five pick. Uh, if, if not for them, but that, that is, that is my number five. It, it is cheating, but uh, I will allow that. <laughs> I figured, I well, figured I if, if anyone the expert is going to allow it, I don't have much the, choice. The more Muppets in this list, the better, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I figured if anybody, and, and also I didn't take, Go back I didn't to put, eBay, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I didn't put any Sesame street centric characters on. Oh here. yeah. Because they're not influential or, you they know, are, iconic. No, we're, but that's not why, and you know that's if if I did, did Cookie Monster would be on this trade list. To China? <laughs> All right, number four. It was him or Nixon. I always mix those two up. <laughs> number four, we have somebody who's much maligned as a Muppet. His he has, uh, you know, the comedian extraordinaire of of the group with Fozzie Bear coming in at number four, and you know he. He got he got he got shit on a lot during his time in the Muppets in terms of his comedic stylings, uh, but you got you got to love Fozzie Bear, and I, I think that he is funnier than a lot of actual human being comedians. T.J. Miller comes to mind in terms of just somebody oh. that, that Fo- Fozzie Bear. Like, have you watched T.J. Miller stand up? Fozzie Bear getting shit on by to. Statler and Waldorf is so much funnier than T.J. Miller trying to do stand up. Like he he's probably the worst comedian I've ever seen. And so, what, Mark? I I like him in properties. I don't, I don't know sure. if I've actually ever as seen a, as a stand up uh, comedian. He is terrible. Fozzie's stand up sucks. Let's let's be <laughs> frank. Fozzie that... is great, <laughs> but his stand up is horrible. That's the yeah, joke. He, yeah, he fit right in with the LA scene. Like, I mean, <laughs> almost everybody who's a stand up comic on the West Coast these days is worse than Fozzie Bear. Yeah, look, he's uh-huh. he's better than Carlos Mencia. He's he's or, better um, than oh Gabriel Iglesias, that fluffy guy. Was, uh, he's on my yeah, he's better better than uh better than John Oliver. He's better than Certainly. Joe Rogan and all of his reject friends. Well, yeah, Joe see Joe Rogan's not really <laughs> a comedian. Rogan, no, because everybody who's a Joe Rogan fan says the same thing. And they always have like this caveat caveat, they always have like this explanation. You can't just say he's funny, which means that he's not. Joe Rogan yeah, has never made anybody <laughs> laugh intentionally. Let's just say it. You're probably right. He was <laughs> like know, the I, sixth funniest person on news radio. I was just going to say, he, was, he wasn't even really particularly funny. That I, I appreciate him tearing down Carlos Mencia's joke thievery. Uh, yes, but, but that's not funny. That's just no, him being a, it's just a public service. in comedy, yeah. which is fine. Whatever. Joe Rogan has an interesting podcast. It is not a funny podcast. And as far as everybody he thinks is funny, they are atrocious. And Harvey Bear... <laughs> would either fit right in with that group. He'd probably be on Rogan's podcast all the time, or he'd be too good for them. I don't know which it would be. I, I Fozzie would, I is like a quintessential w- hack. That's his whole shtick. <laughs> as a that, I'm not disagreeing with you, Mark, and everything I said stands. Waka Waka. He He's got a great catchphrase. <laughs> waka Waka was his, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. Or Hamburger. You know, it's like, and then Waka Waka. He, there are comedians got... that essentially say Waka Waka. I will argue that Waka Waka maybe is the most iconic comedic catchphrase there is. And, you know, the decades upon decades that Fozzie Bear has been killing it on the com- comedy scene. 
Uh, one thing he plays I really big, w- like with college crowds and stuff. I mean, that's where the money's at. So he's fine. Oh, he's better than Dane Cook. I, I would like to see Fozzie Bear on one of like the comedian podcasts, though. See that we were talking about how, you know, Kermit the Frog would be on like, you know, with who wants to be a millionaire and everything. I would love to see Fozzie Bear on like put him on Theo Vaughn's podcast where it's just super awkward and weird. But if Theo Vaughn played it straight, I think, I think that'd be hilarious. I think, I think that's the, <laughs> the next level uh, in Fozzie's career and for the Muppets. Uh, yeah. But keeping on that track, number three for me. And again, the, you guys are going to be pissed off because it's a duo and they relate to Fozzie bear, but Statler and Waldorf, you can't, I can't pick, I can't separate the two. They're there. Yeah, that's a, that's a tag it. team. Yeah. But they that's don't a, make the top five. So, you, okay. So they're not in your top five. We'll, we'll maybe kick it around because all right, we have three spots left and they made it two spots. They, and we, we haven't have, mentioned Kermit piggy or Gonzo yet, which means well, one of them at least is not in your top well, five. One that is correct. But one, but one of them has a spe- but one of them has a special place in a different list that I will I will get to following that. Go ahead, but, Mark. But one of the things uh, when you're when you're thinking about Muppets and the Muppet Show as you as you are right is, yes. is that there are different acts and troops and and so forth within it and and Sattler and Waldo are, are are certainly a duo just as Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem is the house band. So so yeah. it is an essence and a spirit all together in one. You don't have have Waldorf by himself, typically speaking. He needs he needs his uh his compatriot. And, yeah, and well, so yeah, I, I wouldn't I, I separate would them, but having them together, they're they're the road warriors. They're just not, you know, they're they're, they're 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 one of the great they're one of the greatest tag teams of all time and the, the greatest hecklers of all time. Number two, who is my personal favorite, just in terms of enjoyment and characterization, and that comes mostly from the Muppet Babies, and that is <laughs> the weirdo, the daredevil, Gonzo <laughs> himself, clocking in at number two. I I just I've always gravitated towards him more than any of the Muppets. And look, I love Kermit and everything, but especially on Muppet Babies, I just always related more to Gonzo and just how he how he used his imagination in particular on the Muppet Babies show. I always just was so drawn to that. And then, you know, when you go to the Muppet show and like you were talking about Garth Brooks wanting to do the evil Knievel stuff with Gonzo, all that stuff with him on there was always was really funny. And so I just I've always always loved Gonzo. So he he's a chicken he come... fucker. <laughs> is, is, yeah, that, is that what? Is, is that I, what? Yeah, his girlfriend is a chicken. Yeah, I can't believe you've done this to Miss Piggy. Yeah. I know what's going on. This is absurd. You're a sexist. <laughs> no, I, I, we're gonna get to Miss Piggy. Don't worry, we'll get to Miss Piggy. But to no one's surprise, which is why I almost started at number one because it's the it is the easiest slam dunk in list. It's Kermit the Frog at number one. You can't pick anybody else. It, he's it's he's it's best. undeniable. Yeah. yeah, he he is the Muppet, and he is he is the face of the brand, and he is he is one of the just major faces in in entertainment. You know, Kermit the Frog is it goes beyond just even being he is larger than life and is so recognizable uh even when you don't know you know the other muppets necessarily you can recognize kermit the frog he's there hulk hogan davis your your list is all (laughs) over the place i'm telling you right now because because i asked you and this is why i did it because you went iconic and then you put your own little flavor in there of what you liked and it was completely different and jeff is right if you're gonna go iconic miss piggy has to be on there despite it, what, wait, how yeah. you feel about her? Well, mm-hmm. 
let's take let's take let's take the other most recognizable muppet you, no no you doubt mixed about your it. feelings you mixed them well and i'll get to that in a moment but before we get to miss piggy five uh, other exactly. other than miss it's embarrassing other than, really uh, other than miss piggy who who did i miss that you would have you guys would have liked to have seen in the top five jeff we'll start with you no, well um well all right if we're talking muppets then yeah i would have thrown big bird in there okay he would have been like the representative. Well, I would have gone. Street. I would have gone Kermit. I would have gone Piggy. I would have went Gonzo. Would you I put went... Elmo? No. Nah, well, I really like Fozzie, so I, I think Fozzie would have been five, and then maybe Big Bird. Or yeah, actually, maybe maybe it would have went Kermit, Piggy, Big Bird, Gonzo, Fozzie. Mark, who did I miss? It's, I think I can guess one. <laughs> Sweetums was not on my list, Mark. I'm sorry. Sweetums is red. Now, when he made the top five list, I don't know. Uh, Pepe the Shrimp? Pepe, oh, no. Pepe, Pepe the Shrimp the, is, King is no. amazing. Yeah. No, Pepe yeah, the Prawn. Pepe the dude. Prawn, sorry. Pepe but, the Prawn uh, was... That's alliteration, Pepe, Mark, man. which you love so much. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, but Pepe... <laughs> Callback. And Rizzo... Uh, always strike high for me, and and is if you like Rizzo. about like antic segments, uh, as you have Doctor Teeth and, and, and Sadler and Waldorf. Uh, I mean, Swedish Chef, he's great. He Swedish, so Swedish Chef nails it. Swedish work, Chef work, was work, was work, high work. up on the work, rankings work, too. Work, Davis, work. you've been again taking Miss Piggy out of the equation. We'll give her her shining moment, so to speak, in a, in a moment. But Davis, who did I miss? Uh, oh, great expert. I feel like you out of everyone most pleased with my list yeah i i will say you were on for most i mean if you're going iconic i don't think statler and waldorf or dr teeth make the list if you're going favorites they're both in my top five i for sure i i, but, I think statler and waldorf are the funniest muppets so it couldn't it, Stat, statler and waldorf would be right on the cusp i think of five six um and i think it, personally i'd go one to five kermit piggy Gonzo, Fozzie, and then Animal it, it, to, to break up the band. Animal, uh, and and then <laughs> and then Statler Waldorf. Oh, okay. So, all right. I don't. That's I don't. A I don't list. feel. I actually agree with that list. <laughs> I'd be fine all with right. that list. That's a solid and, list. And Jeff, I, I, I you guys am, are assholes. I, <laughs> I don't exactly see. I, I know they are Muppets on Sesame Street, but I don't character personally. I, I was talking to James about this earlier. I don't personally characterize. And this is this also. Uh, Kermit Street. is on Sesame Street. He was I know, a big part of character. It. I know. Big, he he has a job yes. there. So I yeah. think it's important for us to clarify for listeners what exactly a Muppet is then. Because, yes, there is the Muppet Show, but there's also Sesame Street, and, and there is also Fraggle Rock. Uh, Fraggle Rock, yeah. which I'll say. But, I mean, a Muppet is something that was designed and created by, by Jim Henson uh, in his workshop. And, yeah. and his yeah. workshop, right. And, and that's what's created a Muppet. Because there's other puppet related things like avenue q and meet the feebles and and things like that we can go into which we will which we will talk about yeah. later on uh but but the emphasis of this show I, I think much more than just muppets in general is really the muppet show cast is what it seems that like roster the, yeah yeah that's that that is sort of why and after talking with davis why i left off the sesame street characters from being on this list definitely if you go blended i mean big bird that's that's Big hard. Bird. Got to, and maybe Elmo. Yeah, and, you get that. You go that yeah, deep. Elmo. I mean, 
Yeah. Man, take tickle me Elmo. We've been talking collectibles. That that, that thing, <laughs> that was the real life Turbo Man toy. I got that, one that, that thing took took stores by. You know that was that was a phenomenon. I watched uh, Sunny on WWF television <laughs> make love to a giant sized Elmo. So. That happened. (laughs) Muppets and pro wrestling, man. (laughs) Dude, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it until this podcast, but they are are actually super linked. It's crazy. Now I can't think about Muppets without thinking about wrestling, and I hope everyone else is the exact same way. Oh, man, Davis, everything's really, you love wrestling, dude. I get it. I could see Uh, Sweetums as a wrestler. Yeah, dude. I can see Miss Piggy as a wrestler, which is what brings me to my my worst Muppet. And it's a list of one. My least favorite Muppet of all time is Miss Piggy. She is one of the rudest, meanest (laughs) fictional characters on on like children's programming. She's worse than Angelica from Rugrats. I hated Miss Piggy growing up. Like I just I, I felt so bad for Kermit. He was abused and assaulted in more ways than one by Miss Piggy. It just was, it's not okay. This is the original toxic relationship between her and Kermit. It was awful. She's a I mean, he, diva and a starlet. He does give you it back pre- such. Like, pretty good. I will say, he doesn't just <laughs> always take it, because he will take it, but he, sh- he fires it back on the pig stuff quite a bit. What's great <laughs> is uh, Frank Oz once said that he described like Miss playing Miss Piggy as a truck driver wanting to be a woman and, and like, <laughs> like understanding that, 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 that that's perfect, space, perfect like, description. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she is just an absolute beast creature. I just, I, I never, I never liked her. She was just awful. And it even extended to Muppet babies. I felt so bad for Kermit. I just, my favorite Muppet babies episode is, is the one where Rolf loses his voice and they're doing like the story time round Robin. And that's, you know, when you get, get uh, Kermit, the frog as Indiana Jones and you get Gonzo as Sherlock. It's a great episode. Uh, but in that it's Miss Piggy, uh, putting herself in there as Sleeping Beauty and forcing Kermit to uh, to want to, like, kiss her and engage her Kermit. physically. And he and he clearly doesn't want to. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, not Miss like Piggy, Piggy on Muppet Babies was the worst. But the the real Muppet Miss, or, yeah, the Muppet Miss Piggy was awesome. I, I, look, and kind of sexy. For a pig puppet. Just going on record, these things into Miss Piggy. Kermit. I mean, they <laughs> they put some other female pig Muppets on that show, and they do not look like Miss Piggy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> is yeah. is Miss Piggy the hottest Muppet, Davis? Oh, the hottest Muppet? No, no, no. I I'd go. I you know Janice has something about her stoner thing in Janice the band. For sure. She's yeah. pretty chill. Um, on my list, All got in with that. Not, uh... <laughs> not as curvy though, so not much going on there. That's, That's true. <laughs> and uh the other pig from um the latest show the one that oh yeah was dating there she, she was, was down to earth you know, <laughs> I, I never watched the show but i saw what she it was a good was like, show yeah. it was a good show check it out <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's let's get into what your we touched on this a little bit but our favorite sort of muppet properties beyond just like the greatest muppets for me uh and we can get into why because I think all of us on here have some affinity. Um, I, I think the Muppet Babies is just the best, and I and I know it's not, you know, the actually using the Muppets is an animated show. It's a great cartoon though, and I just thought 
going back and thinking about growing up watching the Muppet Babies, it was such a well done cartoon and the, the characters on it, how they used, uh, you know, pop culture stuff within the cartoon. I'd never seen that before. I'm not sure if I've really seen that since the way they did it. Like in that episode that I referenced, they're they're using their imagination and and like uh, doing something in their crib. And it's like all of a sudden we're in the Death Star Trench from Star Wars. Like <laughs> as a kid, like that blew my mind that they could put in scenes from from movies like that in uh, in the Muppet Babies. And, you know, it just it wasn't just like Star Wars. You'd see like clips from old Tarzan shows or, or things like that. It's just it would be so totally random uh almost almost like proto family guy in terms of the fact that they were making those references and stuff like that uh and it made much more sense and there was actually a point to it uh but i i love the muppet babies jeff what did you like what what is so great ab- about that show to you i'm not a huge like puppet guy all that much so in terms of like muppet properties muppet babies is my favorite because it is just animated and i I don't know. I kind of like the relationships between the characters more in Muppet Babies than I do in the Muppets. Like once I started watching the Muppet movies, I was kind of surprised that they weren't all as close friends as they were when they were all babies living together yeah. in the nursery. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, don't, I, I thought Fozzie and Kermit should be closer as adults than they were. And it's like Gonzo's not interested in Miss Piggy at all. It's like, but I mean, he obsessed about her as a I know is. that was that I loved I loved that dynamic on the show because Miss Piggy loved Kermit. He wasn't about it. And Gonzo loved Miss Piggy and she couldn't give a shit about him. I, I loved that sort of that unrequited triangle. They That's had why you there. relate to Gonzo. It probably is. <laughs> probably is. <laughs> Don't laugh too hard. <laughs> Lap it up, it up Fuzzball. But um, the other thing, really, <laughs> we were all thinking it. Uh, the other thing that I really liked about it was what you had already brought up, that it would be different scenes from shows and movies. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, or at least one that stands out in my memory, is when they're all playing the video games. And then so they're all in the different video game worlds. So uh, Gonzo and Miss Piggy were both like Link from Legend of Zelda. Fozzie was playing Skate or Die, where he just kept getting attacked <laughs> by all those skateboarders. And they were just beating the shit out of him throughout by the, way, the entire all... cartoon. It was absurd. <laughs> of all games to reference in the Muppet Babies, too, by Skate the way. Skate or Die was such a cool game back then. It's it just, it it's was. So... but Man, what a was... time capsule show. But was Skater Die really so much on the public consciousness that it should be in Muppet Babies, or did the creators of Muppet Babies just like, dude, Skater Die is awesome. Let's put it in the show. <laughs> in. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm glad they did. I, mean, I thought the whole thing was great, and also, I mean, I was really into like Nintendo at the time, so it was just kind of cool seeing them play all the games and be all the characters. And then another thing that stood out to me, it's like the end of an episode. And it's like Miss Piggy having a conversation with Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox's character from Family Ties, where he was like asking her out. (laughs) It was the most absurd thing, but I loved it. Well, you know, and I know they have a new Muppet Baby show, and I don't think that they can do it the same way. Like I if if they were to be true to what the Muppet Babies was, is that they should have, you know, Gonzo opening up the door to the closet and, you know, the Avengers are on the other side of it or, or, or Thanos or something like that. Yeah. And he slams it shut. You know I mean? There'd be so many times you'd see like tie fighters and you know, all this stuff that like, the, I feel like the Boulder from Indiana Jones made several appearances uh, in, in, they in the Muppet Babies. could because of the licensing because Disney owns the Muppets now. And Oh, that's a good point. So yeah. th- they can do that. Uh, the problem is, I, I I don't know if they are or not, but uh, 
if they're not, then they're missing out on exactly what you're talking about because it's an easy licensing thing for them. It's they own it. So, yeah. Yeah, that was such uh, a big part of the series. I mean, it's even incorporated in the the introduction. Yes, like that's right. Being Indiana Jones is like I remember all of that. And, and and by the way, the the intro to the series is one of the all time great songs, and just intro like instantly, yeah. I remember how old I was, and I am transported back in time. So yeah, the the Muppet Babies definitely deserves their due, and we we'll circle back one more time before we close the show about the Muppet <laughs> Babies situation. Uh, but we we got to move on <laughs> for for now, uh, and we we got to talk about the Muppet Show itself. And we talked about it a little bit, but one, it was really funny, but the list of guests of A-list celebrities that they got on that show, Peter Sellers of the Pink Panther was on that show. Uh, Steve Martin, Elton John, like I talked about, Alice Cooper, and one of my favorites in character, the stars of Star Wars. You had Luke, Freepio, and <laughs> R2-D2. Like, it was awesome. It's just like Johnny Cash was on the show. Like, uh, the the Muppet Show and like the fact that they could attract that level of celebrity, again to be on a show with with Muppets, you know these these newfangled puppets is is crazy to me. I, I just and 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 I think from there like now it's you're a dick as a celebrity if you don't want to do that show, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean the, some of the most memorable scenes that I remember from the original show, uh, Milton Berle was on there and. Him getting heckled by Statler and Waldorf. They went back and forth. I think it's like an eight minute skit that you can watch yeah. online right now. And they just they get him. And it it is so funny. Didn't they make him cry or something like no. that? <laughs> no. <laughs> but they they got him good and hey, obviously it's set up, but that's one of the most memorable things for me. But the the uh Yeah, the Elton John Crocodile Rock, the Deo oh, iconic Harry, Harry Bonifante, the Deo music um that was I, I remember that like it was yesterday um and like you said luke skywalker being on there being on in the pigs dude. in space <laughs> like, was... yeah dude you, you, you're talking about the muppets going on you know and being treated as if they're in character you had luke skywalker as a guest with the muppets it's, yeah. uh, eating that up as a kid it's awesome and muppets <laughs> it's tonight so cool. muppets tonight brought just as good as uh celebrities on prince whoopi goldberg um uh, got uh, the a little annoying guy Gottberg got Godfrey Gilbert Godfrey Gilbert Godfrey was on Gonzo <laughs> he was great but Prince it was during his whole phase when he was doing uh the artist formerly known as the symbol yeah and that was one of the skits was like they couldn't say the name and nobody would let him say it and they'd just point to the symbol and it was it was just hilarious uh <laughs> But it was just, was... and you yeah, know was... he fucks Miss Piggy. Like, yeah. You know that happened, I, and that was one thing that Poor all bastard. the different got like, ooze sexuality. All the Muppet <laughs> properties. I mean, between even like Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock, that that like celebrity and and and, and people love to interact with these characters. Kind of heralding back to the first conversation we had, uh, there'd always be these cameos of people guest starring and. I mean, just you talking about uh, Prince's stint on there, Davis, makes me think of his uh, his guest spot on Sesame Street, where a starfish and coffee is yep. by far <laughs> and away like one of my favorite Sesame Street songs to ever like come out. Um, check it out, Starfish and Coffee by Prince. Um, 
and and I just love that they've <laughs> always done that kind of cross uh, promotion with like real world celebrities. It helps ingrain them into uh, reality, basically as characters. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the movies that are that are near and dear to our hearts. The Muppet Cinematic Universe. Uh, we'll we'll start with uh, Muppet Treasure Island for you, Mark. What is it about <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island that just speaks to you? Because I I remember growing like I liked it, but I again such a weird uh, kid. I always liked the older Disney version of it, and so I remember bristling. It's like, hey, let's watch Muppet Treasure Island. It's like, oh, we got a we got a regular one we could watch with a, a, you know just actual pirates. It was like grainy <laughs> color. These are great pirates. I, I was. I, <laughs> Yeah, I was obsessed with pirates. I wanted to watch a movie that just had pirates and not the Muppets in it. I really enjoyed <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I was a weird kid. But why did you love Muppet Treasure Island, Mark? Muppet Treasure Island was a quintessential pirate flick. Because what was great is it wasn't unabashedly like just Muppety. Like It wasn't Kermit and Fozzie and, and things like that. It was people playing characters within Treasure Island. Very much in the sense that uh, Christmas Carol was done. And just the way that they like try to play it really straight laced and how they incorporate a lot of different people. Like, uh, what was it? Um, Sam, uh, Sam Eagle, Eagle. as Mr. Yeah. Arrow, uh, <laughs> his whole characterization in there was phenomenal. The, the music was top notch. Uh, shiver my timbers. The intro song to <laughs> treasure Island is the greatest pirate song to have ever been created. What wow. about cabin fever? Cabin, cabin Fever was the weak point. I'll be fair. Uh, cabin, fever, cabin Fever. Dude, people love Cabin Fever, dude. Cabin Fever was the weak point. Um, but but there's got to be you, something Mark. better. Uh, That's a hot take. It, it's absolutely great. Um, I mean, just Tim Curry and, and Bill Connolly in there in the mix. And I, and I think the fact that they brought Jim Hawkins in as a uh, – an actual human character to get more emotion and feel on this journey and having his sidekicks uh, of Gonzo and Rizzo worked extremely well with developing that story. Tim um, Curry was amazing. His in long treasure John Island was yeah. amazing. Yeah. He, he's he, still, he, he really was like, <laughs> he, 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 he really did. He, he steals the show in that movie and he probably is the best long John silver that we've got in on, on Ooh, screen. He said it even so, better than your other disney one look looking back i was wrong okay <laughs> you know but <laughs> he, he's the best long john silver I'll, i will i will give him that much all right muppet christmas carol uh you know some people like the george c scott version i am very partial to that one myself some people That's like the patrick one. stewart version uh the I, f- I forget the alistair whatever version i forget his last name but people like him there's been lots of versions of christmas carol but the muppet christmas carol really really stands out to so many people that i I do feel like it is the go-to for a lot of certainly people in our generation for when you want to watch a version of that movie that's the one they go to davis what what is why is that well i i will say mark said something about you know tim curry and um the other actors in treasure island just how they interact and this is something that we've been talking about all night is like how people interact with the muppets michael kane in a Christmas Carol said Mm -hmm. that the only way that he could do this movie when they asked him to do it was if he took it seriously. If he, he saw it like he was acting with real actors and that's how he acted. And you watch that movie again, he doesn't drop a beat. It's like a regular like (laughs) acting. 
film for him. If you watch the new Muppet movie, like with Jason Siegel, that's not acting Jason Siegel. He that's Muppet Jason Siegel, and I yeah. I don't I don't like that. Uh, but Michael Caine really carried that movie. Uh, but with the Muppets right there with him. But and there's just so many good heartfelt scenes in a Christmas Carol that it just brings Christmas together for you. And if you have the original version, there's there's a very long scene that gets cut out of <laughs> every version. Because it is Miss so Piggy sad. Kermit again? <laughs> it is so sad. It, it's when he loses his the love of his life. When Scrooge loses the love of his life, it's this drawn-out love breakup song, pretty much. And it is sad. Like, it's you're going to cry. And they don't want to play it because it doesn't always fit in with the Muppets. So they, <laughs> yes. if you watch the TV version now, it's not in there. And you have to you have to watch the original huh. version if you want the full cut. Uh, Some Muppet lore. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just a, it's just a feel good movie. Sal and Waldorf are again great. Fozzie, I think one of Fozzie's greatest roles um, outside of the original <laughs> Muppet movie. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was nice to see, you know a lot of times when comedians go serious, it sometimes it doesn't work. But a great comedian like Fozzie, he's he's so versatile that I really appreciate. <laughs> it's like Robin Williams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's his dramatic work. I re- I respect the most. And, yeah. and, and Gonzo and Rizzo again. Dude, what if we cast Fozzie in like a Death to Smoochie remake? <laughs> <laughs> Gonzo and Rizzo act as the narrators in this, and just like you know, in Treasure Island, they're the side characters, and it works really well. And they're just like. You know, as the angels flying out with Scrooge, he's like swinging a hook and latching onto the feet, that. just getting torn through the tree. It's it's great. Like having those two characters narrate it really, really took it home as well. And I got to say, Sam the Eagle, again, in a great role as uh, the headmaster for Scrooge when he was a kid. He's just like this uptight bird. I love, <laughs> I love Sam the Eagle. He's very underrated. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with him being underrated. Jeff, is Muppet Christmas Carol, is that, is that the best Christmas Carol to you? Or it is Michael the best Scrooge? I like the Disney one with Scrooge McDuck as Scrooge. Oh, okay. Mickey Mouse is Bob Cratchit. But I absolutely do love the Muppets Christmas Carol. I think it might be my favorite Muppets film, actually. And I, I did watch this too. last Christmas. Um, I, I really, I mean, obviously he didn't make my list, but I do love Rizzo the Rat. And he and Gonzo together are so great. And so, I mean, kind of like what Chris was saying, it's like uh, whenever they do these types of movies, those characters are kind of front and center and they're always playing off of like the lead humans. And I always think they do a really good job. And then, of course, I mean, Kermit is great. And I mean, I I know we were at least talking about it in the outline and stuff. It's no coincidence that Kermit is playing bob cratchit and you know mickey mouse played bob cratchit i mean yes i don't know it seems to be the part that the the lead guy sort of plays so, yeah, abs- um, yeah it's interesting absolutely. seeing those comparisons i don't know which one acted better i thought they both did a good job <laughs> <laughs> they, they, you know they're 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 both uh, top tier you know, uh, both both of them. Uh, we can't not talk about the original Muppet movie, though, just because, I mean, one, it made a boatload of money. Uh, it's important the, the fact that, like, that movie got made and it spawned all of these other movies and everything like that beyond just the Muppet movies, I feel like, too. Uh, so and, you know, that was it was definitely a mainstay of my childhood on the VHS tape scene was watching the original Muppet movie. Um but in terms of ones that maybe we didn't hit on, do you have a 
a, a, a hidden gem mark from the Muppet universe that you would like to get out there. Yeah, uh, Muppets from I space. I see you grinning like a Cheshire cat. M- Muppets <laughs> from space. If you're, if you're talking found soundtracks, that is one of the greatest of all times. Gonzo's adventure to find out where he came from. And it is just laden with funk soundtrack. And, <laughs> and that was another blockbuster staple uh, for, for, for the around the store. Davis, anything that you want to point out? Uh, I mean, I, I, I got to say the original Muppet movie is the best of the non Treasure Island Christmas Carol. Like to me, that's hands down. Watch it. The cameos in that movie from, you know, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor, uh, it it's amazing, and the yep. the songs in that movie. I think probably the top three or four songs of all Muppet songs are in that movie. Personally, um, and it's just it's just really well done. So, but outside of that, I go uh, Muppets Take Manhattan isn't isn't bad, but you know I'm not huge on the on the other ones per se. Got it, Jeff. Anything that any uh, Muppet movie that we missed? Just the movies, oh, or or anything. Because show wise, I love dinosaurs. I thought that was a great show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna talk. I talk still about consider them the... Muppets. So. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we will talk. We can we can get into more of that in sort of terms of what like the Muppets sort of spawned uh, and, and everything like that. We got one more segment uh, on the Muppets coming up on the Best Damn Nerd Show. Hey guys, it's the loquacious anime and manga lover Jammers here. Now I have watched a lot of anime and I've read an abundance of manga. So you would think that I have a pretty interesting opinion on the culture. From classics like Golden Boy and Ghost in the Shell, to masterpieces such as Psychopaths and Gangst. Come and join me as I talk about the world of anime and manga, which has had a huge impact on my life. And who knows, whatever I talk about and recommend to you guys could become one of your favorite series. Ammo with Jammers. It's the Microphone Alchemist Bimbo Jimbo here, and when I'm not verbally super-kicking Last Jedi fans on the Best Damn Nerd Show, or fantasy casting The Rock in another movie on the DLC, well, that's when I actually get to talk about wrestling. That's right. Come join me in the Wrestling War Room, where I take my mic to the mat and launch my hot takes about the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT. The Wrestling War Room. Which side are you on? Welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. One final segment here on the Muppets until we talk about them the next time because the Muppets are a big effing deal, which we have demonstrated throughout tonight's episode. <laughs> uh, and and I want to I want to talk about get into a little bit of debate, some this versus that, some questions that need to be answered. And, and let's start with the Muppets and Sesame Street, all the crossover. But where is the line? you know, between Muppets and Sesame Street, because when I was putting together that top five list, I did consult Davis uh, in terms of what I should include. It, it, and it's, it is staggering the, you know, obvious influence that the Muppets has on Sesame Street, which is like a land, the maybe the most landmark children's show of all time. What to you, Jeff Budd, is sort of the delineation there and just the impact of the Muppets on Sesame Street? Well, I mean, I don't I don't think there is a line. I don't think there is uh, anything like that. They are Muppets. They're a part of the Muppet family. Um, and of course, who's the iconic Muppet who kind of hops into both areas? It's Kermit. Kermit's yep. a regular on Sesame Street. I 
as a kid, it was one of those things where it's like I popped big when I saw Kermit the Frog on Sesame Street. I was like, hey, it's Kermit. And he's and he was a reporter. He's doing, uh, you know, he's uh. Kermit the Frog for Sesame Street News. Yeah. Maybe um, my, that's one of Kermit's best roles, too. It, and that was my favorite part of Sesame Street. I'm not a huge Sesame Street guy. I, I mean, as a kid, I had like the playset and everything. I think most of my Muppet toys were probably Sesame Street toys. But I, I liked Kermit. I liked Grover. I liked Elmo and I liked Big Bird. Like all of them were good. And I mean, they take up most of the show. So, I mean, I guess all of that was fine. But I mean, yeah, those are clearly Muppets to me. I, I Maybe I cast a wider net with what I consider a Muppet than other people. But I mean, they're definitely right there. They're they're their own division because they're yes. all about Sesame Street. But that's because they live on Sesame Street. That's what they do. That's where they are. The other Muppets are kind of global travel around they you know do more like primetime programs and yeah. stuff like that but i mean if you're just hanging out in that neighborhood there they are yeah i i, I think calling it the sesame street division is, is very apt uh, i i loved cookie monster when we're talking about muppets on sesame street he was my he was my favorite maybe to the shock of no one uh but i loved cookie monster and i hate what has become of him that he is like this <laughs> veggie monster now that the cookies are monster. sometimes well it's because kids so are fat. stupid and i don't blame junk food i blame uh awful parents. cookie monster i blame screen time uh, I blame uh, school budgets being cut and there being less PE and recess than there used to be. I mean, when we were kids, you could eat as many cookies as you want. You look fine. Now we got a bunch of little fat kids that, you know, it's like you have to give them <laughs> carrot sticks. And, 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 and stupid parents who don't understand. It's like that puppet well, is imitab imitatable. You make him eat vegetables. It's like, no, nah, I mean, I never ate a plate full of chocolate chip cookies co because Cookie Monster. Cookie did it. Monster. In I fact, mean, I wanted as a to. kid, I used to think Cookie Monster was kind of an ass, and so <laughs> I mean, I was certainly not a fan. I also wasn't going around my house counting everything because the stupid vampire was doing it. The count. Uh, I even like the count. Two. No, I I like the count just fine, and I do think it's kind of weird. I mean, obviously he's the count, and that's why he counts things, but. <laughs> Chinese vampire lore. If you want to escape a vampire, you throw a bunch of rice on the floor. They are forced. They are compelled to pick it up one piece at a time and count it. And I just, I is don't that, know. It's, is that why they did that? No, it, I think it's because he's the count. But I mean, but, it's just kind of cool but, that that coincidence is there, right? And if you're ever in China and dealing with vampires, I just saved your life. So. You did. You <laughs> carry a bunch of rice in your pocket. And, because they have to get it, one at a time. They have to do it. So it'll take them for, you know, even in just talking about it, I can't help but think about the Dave Chappelle sketch talking about Sesame oh Street and just all the different characters. <laughs> oh you know, that that is that is maybe the greatest stand up comedian of all time, certainly in the in the conversation, talking about the Muppets in one of his most memorable you know bits that he has ever done. Talking about Oscar the Grouch, like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can and stuff <laughs> like nobody's helping me. <laughs> Everything. You're a grouch. <laughs> but i love grover as well uh and you know super grover he had a superhero on on sesame street was awesome mm -hmm. yeah i was definitely a cookie monster guy and i think shame on whoever is in charge of that tv show for changing the cookie monster to become this veggie monster you know it's just it is just so stupid to take that away from just don't put him on the show you know if, if you have to fucking do that it's so asinine but you know, oh. not every but not every kid is fortunate enough to have a Jeff Bud or a James Kincaid to eat all of their cookies while they're away, <laughs> so that they don't fill up on them. 
Oh, that's <laughs> we, we were I forgot what monsters. you were talking about for a second. <laughs> we, 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 were, we were Cookie Monsters at one point in time in Mark's household. Well, those Sorry, are really buddy. good cookies, yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe Cookie Monster did influence us. Circus animal cookies. They're delicious. Yeah. You stole all of them from my hungry daughter's mouth. <laughs> Well, Not from her mouth. It came from the bag, and she wasn't there. But <laughs> saved her. It saved her. Uh, Mark, Tell the Whistler, full story. Do, do you do you have any thoughts on the this Sesame Street Muppets conversation? I love Sesame Street, and I've been watching it with my daughter, and I I feel like it's gone a little Elmo heavy now. Well, Elmo, but give the people what they want, he, man. He's Elmo, the Elmo, guy. Elmo, Elmo's is their the Stone Cold Steve Austin came out of nowhere, and now he's. I mean, he's He's I was going to say Wolverine. He's the big. Cock I was going to say block. he's their Wolverine. He's short, you know. Yeah. He's the yeah, joke. He's, he's the he's Joker short. of Sesame Street. He's he's definitely their Wolverine. <laughs> but um, or Stone Cold. The whole thing between like Sesame Street and the Muppet Show ensemble, it's like you can almost equate it to uh, how there's mutants and then there's the X Men, right? And, and the Muppet Show ensemble is the X Men of of mutant kind. But the Muppets transcend just what's on the Muppet Show. You got Sesame Street, you got Fraggle Rock, you got all these other properties because it, it, it's really like a race of puppet. <laughs> Fraggle Rock is the Morlocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that is that <laughs> is one thousand percent. They're not just eat radishes. Yeah, they, what's they with all the radishes? I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> Oh god, a Fraggle Rock episode. Skip. How <laughs> do they always eat the buildings of those little guys? <laughs> Fraggle the Rock's Morlocks. okay. They got some good songs. Fraggle they have a really Rocks. good one Come with Morlocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where do we stand on Eureka's Castle in this world? That's not a. They're not. They're that's not. not Jim Henson, is that? Or is it? No, it's not. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bear in the big no, blue no. house. Uh, I, I I just whenever I hear Fraggle Rock, I just immediately always think Eureka's Castle uh as as well dude fraggle okay. rock's all right the the new fraggle rock rock on on apple tv check it out uh <laughs> God, it, you shill it's, it's a mini it's a mini it's a little mini what's wrong episode. Mark, what did you dude, how deep like in five, are you dude like, like five, how did you get that free trial <laughs> yeah. did, yeah, did well, apple buy dc you you serious. give them a credit card and they charge you seven days they're probably <laughs> handed dc it's worth yeah. nothing now oh my god <laughs> So, not not after uh, we blew smoke up its rear <laughs> soaring high now <laughs> i'm just saying the, the new DC. common song with with the uh, the fraggles it's delightful uh fraggle rock was better when they didn't have guest stars like that was one thing about fraggle rock it was its own like little universe yeah why why would thing. you go there looked look terrible yeah like living a shithole you only that old man knew that the fraggles existed yeah <laughs> you ate the muppets <laughs> <laughs> don't like it uh okay i, I, I want to talk about a, a this this debate now and it's not really a debate it's a simple question is yoda a muppet davis yes yoda is a muppet because he was indeed created by the jim henson production they, where's the they felt had, they had a huge hand in yoda um, well, Frank Oz like, certainly did. Well, I mean, I don't think it's that big. He's a small Muppet. <laughs> you might say average. Nobel Prize, Otto. Nobel Prize. <laughs> but it's I'm start using that more. That is get that. Drop. That is the line for a Muppet. But like we were saying, anything created by that production company is a Muppet. The Muppets are just like the show to me, and, and to me, you know, Yoda was built by that production company. Therefore, he is indeed a Muppet. Okay, so. He was operated by Frank Oz exclusively. They did consult with As was Miss Piggy. 
Jim Henson, but he sounds were, just like Grover. But he was <laughs> he does he it's was the not exact cons- same voice that that but, Oz is using. But Jim Henson did not create the Yoda thing, and Frank Oz has gone on record and said that it is wrong. You know, he went on record and said that it's wrong to call Yoda a Muppet. So because George Lucas is a bully, that's why. You think that's why? Okay, so you, Jeff, you where do you come and down? You tell them he's not a Muppet. <laughs> I own this. Uh, yeah. So where do you come down on it, it's Jeff? It's mine. Well, um, it's Disney's now. The yeah, for four billion, why not? Um, as far as the the character and the concept, all of that is George Lucas's. He created the character Yoda. As far as the physical representation, I do believe it is a Muppet. The fact that I mean, Jim Henson's workshop wasn't like. Uh, officially working with the Star Wars movies, but it was like sort of not off the books, but it was to like consulted. an unofficial. Yeah, they consulted, but they also like worked on it too. Yeah. And it was it was staff of Jim Henson's that made the Muppet. It's just, I mean, I thought that was always just George Lucas's way of like screwing over the unions and everything like that, that everybody was kind of working off the books or in weird ways and doing things in different countries and stuff like that. I mean, the original Star Wars movies there's a lot of, you know, bizarre shit behind the scenes as far as just, you know, how George Lucas was keeping as much of the property to himself as possible. And so that's what I think it is. The story, obviously, the character concept, the character itself, that's George Lucas. But he is a Muppet in the Muppet family. Interesting. Mark, where do you come down? Uh, I feel like a Muppet needs to have felt. That's just oh my, my feel of it. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If Yoda had a little more of like a fuzzy demeanor to him, he looked pretty fuzzy, man. Eh, just old man ears, you know. Yeah. But I, I think if he had a little more felt to himself, he looked a little sticky. Uh, I, I I'm able to delineate him separate from the Muppet family. He was waxy. Okay. Dude, you've been watching the prequels too much. We're talking about real Yoda here. We're talking Empire <laughs> Strikes Back yeah. Yoda. The best version. We're talking one arguing, fighting for the little flashlight. I think Mine. it's it's, it's hard to argue. Yeah. I, I, th- I think, you know, the character <laughs> of Yoda obviously is a George Lucas creation, but the implementation was using a Muppet. Like, yeah, th- th- exactly. I think. I th- yeah, I think your explanation of that was spot on. It's like they used a Muppet to represent a character that George Lucas created. And that's that to me is sort of the the long and short of it. It is interesting that Frank Oz, uh, you know, you say it's because George Lucas was bullying him. I bet I, it was. I, I, I maybe more look like that it's sort of protecting Jim Henson's brand and his creations. It's like, look, he didn't really cre- create this thing. So it's like, I don't want to extend that to, you know, this thing that we don't have full control over. Yeah, and I mean, Yoda is a Star Wars character and all of that, and I, I I, would think it would be out of place for Yoda to just, like, pop up on Sesame Street or be in a Muppets movie. I mean, like well, I said, the, well, Star like, Wars, I the stars of Star Wars were there. Yeah, uh, yeah, good point, I guess. And then they did have that Yoda Muppet later that was much more, like, Muppet-fied, where I think Mark would approve of it. Mm. But um, <laughs> Felty, Mark? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, it was much so more felty, felty, so I guess it's the way you would like it. <laughs> But yeah, the the way you said it, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it takes anything away from George Lucas. They just needed to implement. I think it needed to be separated contractually, and for future. And and that's fine. I mean, he's he's not officially a a Henson product or whatever. But I mean, we all know what he is. So, did any of the other like puppets and things in Star Wars come from his studio? Though, I mean, I'm talking like Jabba and Salacious Crumb. Yeah, I thought they worked on all of that stuff. Yeah. 
I, I thought that's what it was. Those people were the staff that kind of created all of those things. Yeah, I think. I mean, well, I haven't looked into it enough. I was reading up on just like the uh, the, the Muppet scholars that were debating each other online. Muppet sages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, I mean, Davis could have fit right in, I suppose. It's like with his Muppet lore <laughs> knowledge and everything. But I mean, yeah, that's what it sounded like is that they worked on all of those, you know, the, the creature shop, basically. They had to create the everybody like in the cantina and things like that. All right. I want, I want to move on from is, is Yoda a Muppet and just talk about Kermit the Frog in comparison to Mickey Mouse, because in getting ready for this, I just sort of started thinking about that a lot more. And I, I love, you know, a lot of Disney properties and I love Mickey and they do share sort of a, a similar role, obviously as the standard bearer for their respective franchises. So in terms of which one do you like more? I don't think that you can argue, look, the mouse, Disney is is a this is like a just a kingly company that like they are they have an empire uh, that is I think dwarfs most things out there. So I'm not I'm not saying that Kermit has sold more or anything like that. That's a that's a non-starter. You know, it's kind of like Sega versus Super Nintendo. Uh, but <laughs> in terms of Sega. Kermit, Kermit versus no, Sega, uh, when you were playing Punch Out on it, Mark, it was great. Uh, but in terms of uh, Kermit versus Mickey Davis, where you come down. Okay, so this, not to, you know, disrupt the mouse, you know, I don't want that mouse coming down and, you know, putting the hammer on this podcast if, if we talk ill of him. But Mickey Mouse is a cartoon. And yes. when you see when you see a physical version when you see a physical version of him, well done. <laughs> he's just like this. Kermit figure. was also a cartoon on Muppet Babies. <laughs> I, I don't. Kermit to me is a very big physical pop culture celebrity. Mickey Mouse is just like he's just an icon. He's an icon to me. He, quite, he is. What pop he is quite. Is. He is a logo. It's, like it's, that is for it, sure. It's very different and I think Kermit can really for me Kermit kind of just fits into human culture better because he is this physical presence. He people do see him as a being with a soul and I don't think people see Mickey Mouse as that. And, and you know let's lest we forget the the Kermit the Frog drinking tea meme which, you know, just swept the nation. So <laughs> can't, can't let that go on. I don't think Mickey, I don't think Mickey has a, yeah, exactly. The none of my business meme. I don't think Mickey has, has a rejoinder for that. Uh, Jeff, where, where do you stand? Well, the way you had it in the outline, it's like, which one is Mario and which one is Sonic? And I mean, Mickey Mouse is Mario. Yes. And Bugs Bunny is Sonic and Kermit the Frog is not in the conversation. Wow, I like it. I mean, I don't necessarily have to agree with it, but I, li- I like. If we're talking it. about who's the most likable, I like Kermit the Frog most, uh, the most. Um, but he's he's not on the same level as those two guys. That's you know, I hadn't even considered companies. Bugs Bunny. That's why it was such a big deal in Who Framed Roger Rabbit that Mickey Mouse and and Bugs Bunny were on screen together talking to one another. I mean, I still think that's a big deal. It's it's just kind of awesome that they did that. I mean, those are real icons and legends speaking neither uh, one of them were like on who rivals, wants to be a millionaire but... though well i mean <laughs> i think davis makes a good point though as far as when it comes to like the physical world i mean yeah i've taken my picture with mickey mouse when i was a kid but i mean that's not mickey mouse that's not the real mickey but it's like if i were to meet kermit in the audience at who wants yeah, to be that's a millionaire, cool. that's the real kermit the frog yeah there's only one uh yeah. 
Marco, where do you stand? I mean, it's Mickey over Kermit. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm a Disney fanboy for sure. And I've uh, I've seen those pictures on your wall. Yeah, I mean, Disney. Why do you shit on Marvel? That's a newer acquisition. Mickey Mouse. That's fair. Far and away. I mean, Mickey Mouse is like Superman in in the global like iconography out there. Superman's bigger than Kermit, without a doubt. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no competition in there, just as Mickey was. Uh, and, and so if you're going to compare the two, I, I think it's almost un, unfair. Uh, but as far as in their respective roles in their own uh, sphere and universes, they, they're, I mean, they're kindred spirits to each other. They're, they're both like uh, just trying to make the best of every situation. They're so likable and they're both quirky. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between the both of them. Um, and, and I love Mickey Mouse, so I'm not going to say a single disparaging thing against him and all the <laughs> Disney ninjas listening. Um, uh, <laughs> that's, you know, that's true. <laughs> we love the mouse in this house. Yeah. I, 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 just, I just think that... There's got to be a crossover, though. I mean, a, unless I'm daft, and, you know, undoubtedly so. Well, I think yeah. that but Disney has should there buy been the Muppets. <laughs> just completely. I think, I think they should reincorporate them more. Uh, I, I think that in terms of characters, uh, the respective logos of their brands, I think Kermit's more likable. And I, and I think he has more of a character around him that's easy to relate to by the very nature of the shows and stuff they've, they've done with him. But you're right, in the, which is why I didn't frame it in terms of who sold more. Look, D- Disney and the mouse ears that go along with it are unassailable uh, in terms of their reach. So, But I, I did think it was interesting, and I'm glad Jeff brought up the fact that, look, they're the respective, like when they're doing a, a Christmas carol, they're going to be Bob Cratchit uh, and everything like that. Okay, as we're winding down here, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, things of that nature, Davis, where does that fit in in the scope of Muppetdom? It, it is totally it, under the Henson umbrella, obviously. They're not the Muppets, they are Muppet characters, um, and they are fantastic movies. If you have not seen the original Dark Crystal, or even the new uh, Dark Crystal TV series, which was uh, phenomenal, I thought, um, or The Labyrinth. If you haven't seen Labyrinth, you're not my friend. Uh, that is where I draw <laughs> I the line not in the seen sand. Dark Crystal. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But if you have not seen The Labyrinth, we cannot be friends. We're not gonna. We're not going to talk. Because that is my childhood. Uh, and, and it's also really weird because uh, she was uh, not of age in that movie. And, they, you know, back then in the 80s, it, you know, they, drew that, they drew that line. Bo- Bowie, you know, Bowie was looking looking to uh, secure secure her as his uh well you know we well, can, he's the we goblin can, king so i mean I yeah, guess, and, we right. can, yeah. And, and we could get into twilight too about all the <laughs> yeah. weirdness going on there but that it's a hundred year so, old vampire it's so fantastical the creatures they built for the labyrinth and dark crystal are just phenomenal uh just the creativity that went into building those worlds those universes it, it's just magical um uh, and I think there's a, a couple documentaries about it, a couple books about how those movies were made. If you get a chance, pick them up because it's it's very interesting. It talk about when you cosplayed <laughs> Davis <laughs> yeah. as the Goblin King. Uh, it was the year David Bowie passed, and David Bowie has been uh, one of my favorite artists 
since I was a kid. And when he passed, it was, it was, it was one of those celebrities that actually hit you. Uh, and it's weird saying that, but him and Prince, when they passed, that, that was really big for me, but uh, that was the same year too. And that year was also the, I think it was the 25th anniversary of the labyrinth. And so I just, you know, I like to cosplay when we go to Comic Con when I can, and that one you crushed it. Thank you. It, it was a lot of fun to do, <laughs> and I, I put a lot of time into finding each individual piece. It wasn't like a, you know, Halloween boutique costume or anything. I made sure that I found each individual piece and put it together myself, and I built his pendant out of, uh, you know, paper mache and all that. So. It was it was a lot of fun to do, and I got a lot of compliments at the con. A lot of pic- people wanted to take pictures, obviously, and uh, got uh, one girl asked me to come back with her one night. So <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> wow! Uh, but that cannot happen at the time. So uh, you didn't, plays, oh, you didn't well do done. it. <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> like you're not a newborn babe. <laughs> I love Jeff. Jeff going for the. <laughs> Oh man, you were the Goblin King though. I was the Goblin King. It wasn't me. No, so all's fair in cosplay. And the one thing I had to decide between was the crystal ball (laughs) or getting a doll baby to like toss around. Um, You chose well. I I went the crystal ball route. Yeah, you chose wisely. It's easier to walk around and you don't have to deal with everything. So yeah, no, it it, it was it was. I mean, look, the the cosplays you've done at Comic Con are are always great. Uh, but that one was really cool because of just how how much it meant to you personally, and just you 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 a thousand percent uh, nailed it. And as as Jeff will tell you, better than all the other ones we saw there that year too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you blew them out of the water. There was one family with a a baby that was like, "Oh, can we can we take your picture?" I was like, "Yeah, sure. Can I hold your kid?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure. no, no, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot have our child." <laughs> So. That's so good. I remember going up the escalator and like the baby song breaking out. The song broke out multiple times that day and, and they would like stop to sing and then I'd sing the next line. They'd sing the next line. Then it'd go back and forth. It was it was a lot of fun. So wh- one of the things I'm trying to do here at the Best Damn Nerd Show is, is get a little bit more of a handle on our on our total runtime. Uh, so we are we are running short on time. But Davis, I know you've watched the new Disney Plus Muppets series if you could quickly give us your thoughts on it. They are trying to go back to their roots. You know, it is still like has adult tones and all that. Uh, still have the celebrity guests. Um, it's very, they're definitely going for the new age, trying to get the kids in because it's very uh, web-based. It, it almost looks like they're doing like a quarantine show where Scooter and Kermit are putting this show together through like iMovie. They're like, okay, we got to get this together. It's due right now. Um, but it, it, it's it's hit and miss for sure. Uh, they're leaning quite heavily so far in the first three episodes that they've released on uh, Dr. Honeydew, Beaker, and then also the Swedish Chef, which I thought have been interesting to lean on them so heavily. And then Miss Piggy. Oh yes, of course, my one of one of my favorites. Uh, then you're uh, gonna you're gonna like the three first three episodes because he's in every single one. So not enough uh, Statler and f- Waldorf for my for my taste. <laughs> the final thing I want to discuss before before we close, and you know, I think we've established what the legacy and the impact of the Muppets is. However, my favorite thing 
beyond just the Muppet Babies, is the Muppet Babies situation that we've <laughs> created over the years. In our, and we touched on this a little bit, I think, when we've been talking about Comic-Con and everything like that. But Jeff, <laughs> explain what the Muppet Babies situation is and how it <laughs> pertains to us here at the Best Damn Nerd Show. Okay, so back when Mark lived in San Diego and was closest <laughs> to the convention center, we would all crash at his place during San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> and he had like this L-shaped couch, which was really cool. And then we would put this air mattress in the living room. And once you inflate it, stuffed. Yeah, it it was double stuffed. So it was really high up. And then it's like, once you inflate it, we would just kind of push it next to the couch. So it all became this giant uh, crib for adults. And we would do a Muppet Babies in the living room, which is where we would all just sleep together on the couch and the mattress. And I mean, it, it was just all of us together and it was adorable. And that's what always stood out to me is it was like one of the two cribs in Muppet Babies, which as a child, I always thought was really cool that it was four in each crib and that nobody was assigned to a single crib. They, they would change it up every episode. I was like, that seems like so much fun. It's like I only had one sibling. I was like, this must have been awesome if I had like a bunch of brothers and sisters. And we and we got to live out that that dream every through Comic-Con every and the, the Muppet Baby situation. And I, I'm so babies. glad when you came upon like that terminology, too, because I think it was like <laughs> at Mark's house. Yeah, we could sort of Muppet Babies it. You know, it's like it's yes. a perfect description. You know, yes, exactly we what can. I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so when we go to a hotel, when we return to Comic-Con, hopefully gloriously next year, we will inform the front desk that we would like the Muppet Baby suite. And hopefully they will, <laughs> hopefully that they will be able to accommodate it appropriately. Uh, one of the stories. Are we able to Muppet Babies it, sir? It's like, oh, yeah, we can totally put a cot in between the two beds. (laughs) The Kermit suite. Uh, One of the things... We have, it's it's very inside, but you know one, one of the the takeaways from the Muppet Baby situation was Jeff and I waking up in our, in our makeshift you know super crib watching Mark uh walk his dog out on the front lawn and just Mark has a very up and down relationship with uh, the with his with his family dog here. <laughs> Mark just, hates his dog, and Mark's dog doesn't respect him. But I treat him well. I treat him well. Because Jeff, Jeff, Jeff his and bitch. I, as we eased into a soft morning, Mark's just sort of like scolding the dog. It's like, sort of like, I'm in charge. You know? no, dude, no, it wasn't even that. It was We were coming back at night, so we were changing into our pajamas. Oh, that's right. And, that's right. And so you and I are in our Muppet Baby's crib, and we're just like on our knees – with our hands on like the top of the couch looking out the window and so if you were walking by you would just see our two little faces at the window <laughs> staring at mark in the cold <laughs> waiting for fritz to take a shit so he yeah, could just, come back in and hang out with his friends that's what it was yeah no that the, what seeing mark do it another morning i think you were still asleep and i was just watching <laughs> watching <laughs> That's what we but do, Mark. We just watch you. That, that's part of the Muppet <laughs> Baby's adventures. Uh, but, you know, also honorable mention, she couldn't make my list because she's never been in Muppet form. But shout out to Nanny from Muppet Babies. You know, I mean, God, yeah. Shout out, Nanny. So I, th- I think no better note to end it on than, than you know, for, for Nanny, for the Muppet Babies. What a, what a great time. <laughs> you know, just everything that's been. This has been a real fun episode going down uh, and talking Muppets with you all. We will be uh, talking about them again, I'm sure, at some point in the future, because uh, we're going to be doing more Muppet Baby situations. <laughs> it's got to happen. But until next time, have a great week, everyone. And remember, if you're a nerd, always say it loud and say it proud. Hey, everyone. Chris Seglia, CEO of the Tenno Media Network here. 
Thank you so much for listening to our content, but we need your help. Please rate us five stars, subscribe, and give us a shining review wherever you listen to this podcast. It really, really helps us out. And one more thing, please tell a friend if you can. Tell them Tasty Steve, Hanzo Gonzo, Mark Mann, Rip, Ricky Replay, or someone who everyone loves sent you or something. That might help. Anyway, again, thank you for listening. And if you want more, make sure to check us out at www.ten-o.gg. www.ten-o.gg. You're listening to the 10010 Media Network.